I wish I could tell you that the Jets started off their season with a massive victory on the road against the Calgary Flames. I can't. But you know what? Given how the Jets played against the Flames, despite the loss, I'm going to say this. I think the Winnipeg Jets might be back. We'll talk about why on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But more than anything, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, official partner and sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now because new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets back guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, like I said, the Jets lost. And I, I would say if you look at the scoreline, which was like 5-3, to three, you might say to yourself, well, how in the heck is Harrison telling us that the Jets actually played a pretty good game? But you know what? I want to say this, right? If Winnipeg plays at the level that they did against Calgary throughout most of the season, they're going to make the playoffs. I think this Jets team showed for the first time what this team can look like when they're rolling all four lines and they have the forward depth to overmatch an opponent. I'd say the only thing that the Jets really didn't do was finish on all of the great opportunities they created. But I think the the main process, right, the main stuff that we want to see from the Jets Winnipeg by and large did. This was a really dominant effort that was really kind of undone by a few mistakes, a couple of mental errors, and some rustiness from a couple of the veterans that led to some unfortunate moments where you'd probably say later in the season, the Jets might not be worrying about that so much. But let's talk about the good stuff first, because there's a lot to get into. The first thing that I think I really noticed with this team was how much pressure they created. All up and down the ice, Winnipeg was super aggressive, and sometimes that got them into some trouble. We did see them concede a couple of odd man rushes, but overall, Winnipeg's forwards kind of crushed their minutes. This was a dominant, dominant performance that, again, really just didn't reflect in the scoreline because the Jets constantly overmatched Calgary's forwards. They generally won second, you know, chance puck battles. They, you know, were were actually forcing turnovers inside the offensive zone on a pretty consistent basis, and they were actually getting chances out of that. So all in all, I thought that this was a fantastic first game that, again, ended really unfortunately, Um, but ignoring that, right? The process is one of the most important things. And I got to say this team, you know what it reminds me of? And I hate to say it, I really do, but it reminds me of that 2017, 2018 team. Uh, Barring the the finishing, 
But the main thing, right, the waves of pressure, the ability to sort of tire out and wear down your opponents, that is kind of a critical thing that we saw when Winnipeg tried to go for a cup run. That team was one where they could win their matchups. It softened up the later lines to kind of, uh, you know, run roughshod over weaker opponents and then allowed the top six to do its thing. And that's what we saw with this team. Uh, This squad is looking like it has the forward depth to really, really, really hurt opponents and not just do it in, you know, odd man rushes or counters and stuff, but to generally just force pressure forecheck effectively and create offensive opportunities where none exist to begin with. I think that is what this team is going to be very, very good at. I think they're going to be absolute chaos down low. And I think opponents are going to have a lot to try and live up to in order to shut this offense down. There's a lot of early signs that I would say are, um, in my mind, very promising. So I'll say that. That looked pretty good. Another thing that I thought looked really good was the puck movement offensively. I thought the Jets were faster. I thought the off the puck movement was a lot better. I thought that Winnipeg used space more effectively. There was puck movement that was so good that we haven't seen in years from this team. Sometimes they do it, right? Like off and on throughout the past couple of years, they've had games where they've done similar stuff. But this was like consistent all across four lines, whether it was the first line or the fourth line the puck movement offensively was a lot stronger. And I especially liked what I saw out of the bottom six. I thought those two lines, especially the Kupari line, really created some great opportunities using uh, each of their individual strengths, whether it was Baron drawing a penalty and muscling opponents uh, by shielding the puck or Kupari driving down the slot or even um, Ayafalo actually notching his first goal as a jet on a tipped deflection. So, Again, there's a lot to really enjoy. Um, I I think this was probably about as good of a start at even strength as I could hope for. But then you might ask yourself, okay, so the Jets at 5v5 were pretty good. What about on the power play? And you might look at the power play numbers and say, well, that looks pretty crap. But I'm telling you, the Jets power play is going to score a lot this year. They were super fast. They were very aggressive. It, again, reminded me of the 2017-2018 power play, if not for Jacob Markstrom, apparently robbing the Jets blind on a number of occasions. But everyone was really committed. I thought that the forecheck was great. I thought that the power play puck movement was very fast. Um, By and large, pretty good. Unfortunately, they did give up a shorthanded goal to Rasmus Anderson. That one was a little bit stupid and very slightly unlucky. A save at one end somehow bounced out and ended up creating a counter the other way. The Jets kind of had a little bit of a flat-footed moment, and there was a bit of a missed high stick that couldn't be reviewed because it was in the defensive zone. But you know what? It is what it is. Uh, Not much that you can do about that. Sometimes you just shrug and say crap happens and move on because that's kind of, um, well, what you have to do, right? Uh, and, And, you know, it is what it is. But overall, I would say I left this game with a pretty positive impression. And from the comments after the game from the players, you'd probably agree um, with their sentiments, right? They all sort of felt the same way, that if the Jets continue to play this way and pressure opponents the way that they did against Calgary, they're going to win more games than they lose. And I think this team is starting to show some real fangs. Um, I, I have to say I enjoyed watching this game. It was fun. When the Jets did lose, it was kind of annoying, I'll be honest, because it felt like Winnipeg frankly deserved better. And it's unfortunate that it didn't turn out that way. But In terms of entertainment value and in terms of the process that we're going to see from this team going forward, 
I got to say, I like what I'm seeing early. This team is showing some serious promise. And the only really unfortunate thing is that Ehlers did end the game with an injury. He slid into the boards and hopefully didn't injure himself too badly, but it was an upper body thing. And it does kind of remind me of something that happened to Shifley a while back. So cross your fingers that he's healthy um, or at least healthy enough to play the rest of the season for as much as he can. We really don't want to see him sidelined again because, you know, his injury history, all of these different injuries, it's unfortunately held him back a lot. So keep your eyes out for that. We'll keep you updated on that situation. But there is some stuff that we have to talk about when it comes to the Jets maybe struggling a bit. A couple of key areas that if we're being honest, we sort of knew would be a problem heading into the season. And unfortunately, they did kind of rear their head here and there in some very critical moments. And it was unfortunately enough to kind of overturn the fruit cart. But we'll talk about that in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Snap into NFL action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you know how chaotic the NFL season has been, that's probably a bit of a godsend of, of news for you. You know that it's been very hard to predict. I have struggled to even do anything in fantasy football this year, but it's nice to know that if you just put five bucks down, you'll get $200 in bonus bets to try your luck again. And the app is super easy to use. And best of all, FanDuel offers so much for you uh, to use those extra bets on. You've got spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. All you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we dive into the start of the season, the very first Winnipeg Jets game of the year, and uh, it was a bit of a dandy. I, I, I gotta say, I actually quite enjoyed it, which I haven't always been able to say about the Jets over the past couple of years. Start of last season was pretty positive, but you know what? I, we we kind of know how it ended, and I think we all sort of understood that even if the Jets played well, there was probably a like a limit or a ceiling that was um, conceivably lower than what we saw in previous years. But this game promised to be a little bit more, a little bit more interesting with all of the new additions, especially with the LA Kings boys. Unfortunately, there were some old habits that kind of showed up in some very critical moments, and I think we've talked about a number of these issues before. Most of them kind of pertain to the blue line, right? And Unfortunately, I got to be honest, Schmidt and Pionk really did not coat themselves in glory in this game. Pionk had a moment where I think it was on a penalty kill or something. He tried to block a shot and ended up deflecting it right to an opponent, uh, did not shoot, you know, seal off that shooting lane effectively, and it turned into a goal against. And then everyone will probably remember the very last goal of the game um, at, you know, at even strength because it came off of an icing where Schmidt honestly did not need to fling the puck all the way down the ice. He could have just sort of laid it off or at least made a softer icing. And instead he sort of flung it down the ice, missed the goal completely. And uh, off of the ensuing face-off victory for the Flames, they got possession. They took advantage of a tired Jets team and Winnipeg lost on a conceded goal that Hellebuck never really had a chance on. So yeah, that was pretty awful. It was a very, very bad decision from Schmidt. I'm sure he is kind of kicking himself over it, but I think it kind of serves to show 
where Winnipeg's biggest weaknesses, and you know, it, it's not just like injury depth, it really comes down to the blue line. There's a lot of cash tied up there in guys who unfortunately don't bring enough for what they're being asked to do. Uh, Pionk, I, I think, really had a tough game. There were defensive reads that he missed, um, some not so great passes and stuff. But thanks to Sandberg being such a revelation, it didn't really matter as much. But uh, I think we do, you know, have to talk about this Jets defense really struggling in some key areas. Uh, one thing I really didn't like seeing was Josh Morrissey cheating as much as he did for offense. I know that he had a huge year last year, but I'd prefer that he maybe take the approach of, of being a little more organic with his offense creation. Sometimes he'd jump so aggressively up the ice that unfortunately it left his line mates out for uh, a bit of a two on one or another odd man rush counter situation. So uh, as much as Josh really wants to be involved, I think he can probably rein it in a little bit, which is something that I don't often say, but the Jets D were so aggressive last night that actually they exposed themselves to quite a bit of risk. So I'm sure we'll see bones, maybe ask them to slow down a bit. I don't mind blue line aggression. I think it's really good, especially down low, but there are moments where if you're caught too high, you're going to put yourself in a lot of trouble and you have to be smart about when you do it, right? That I think is the main takeaway. Other stuff that I was a little bit frustrated with, uh, I, I, I suppose you could argue that the Jets really should have been better at finishing opportunities, but I honestly think the Jets were just kind of a bit unlucky and Markstrom apparently just remembered how to goaltend. So that was a tough loss, but I, I mean, I can't really be too, too upset. Generally speaking, I think that there was a lot, uh, I would say there was a lot more for me to be positive about than, you know, concerned about, but the defense that that's going to be a sticking point for, I think much of the se the season. And uh, I don't really know how you work yourself out of it because Schmidt's got a lot of money on the books. Pionk has a lot of money on the books and let's be honest, the jets really like both of them. Schmidt, though, was on the way out, you know, I think at one point before Heinola got hurt. Uh, Nate had lost his spot in the lineup, and Heinola very much looked like he was going to steal it. Unfortunately, you know, Heinola's injury has kind of postponed his, his, I guess, ascension to the throne, but Schmidt's really got to step up. I think that that last decision kind of undid any of the positive work that he had throughout much of the evening. So a, a painful one, right? A really tough one, but... That aside, you, you know what? This team's going to be fun and flawed. I think that this Jets squad has some real potential to cook this year. I thought what we saw overall yesterday was some of the most exciting and consistently exciting Jets hockey that I've seen in a while. The fact that they can roll several lines and wear down opponents the way that they used to in their more um, formidable seasons is a really good sign. And now there's actual scoring talent up and down the lineup to back that up. Uh, with Ehlers gone, that does definitely hurt the top six. David Gustafson's going to have to step in, and my guess is you'll see like an Ayafalo get promoted up to the, the top six somewhere, or maybe Nemastikov does. I'm not sure how the Jets are going to do this. I think that there are some candidates that I would personally promote. Barron being one of them, I think would be a strong contender for consideration, but in the meantime, somewhere Gustafson's going to slide in. And based on how his preseason and camp were, I would actually be pretty excited about that. I thought he looked really good. I think based on how good this bottom six has played already, Gus is going to fit in 
well quite beautifully. I think this is going to be a great match uh, match of skills. I think he's going to really impress people, and I'm excited to see him find some chemistry with some of the guys who look like they might really be up for it. So a lot to like. I like I said, I think this game overall was uh, very positive. But I guess the big question for me going forward and one that we'll answer in just a little bit, or at least try to answer. We're not going to have the full answer, but we'll, we'll, we'll sort of talk it out. Is, is can Winnipeg can, you know, sustain this, this level of pressure and intensity for, throughout the season? Because it is something that saps up a ton of energy. It's a really aggressive style. And at some point, this is probably going to be a tough thing for Winnipeg to maintain. But we'll talk about how they can do it and how likely it is that they'll do it in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here, and the Winnipeg Jets are on the verge of hopefully having a strong season. But you know what? As much as I want the Jets to win and stuff, I also follow the rest of the league and and like to keep abreast of what's happening around the NHL. And the Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network that allows me to stay up to date with all the latest action and get in on all of the, uh, you know, daily fantasy sports but especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash investment on daily fantasy matchups. I think it's a great opportunity for those of you who are like me and kind of check in almost every day on the top names. I know that I personally track Adam Fox a lot because uh, he's one of my favorite defenders to watch. I also keep abreast of how the Jets are doing, um, but of course I watch all those games, so I don't really need to know as much about that, but I definitely want to know how a lot of folks around the league are doing. But maybe you want to track Connor Hellebuck's stats. Maybe you're interested in the number of goals that Mark Scheifele is going to score this year, and let me tell you, if, if yesterday was any indication, he's going to have a good season. But You know, of course, Sleeper is here to give you access to all the latest stats and empower you to have a great, successful fantasy season. If you want to get started with Sleeper, use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Again, use code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts of tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we close out with some uh, really high-level questions, uh, right? Like, we are, we're only one game into the season, and already the Jets have a couple of days off, so uh, we'll see how Ehlers is doing. But broadly speaking, I guess the big question that I have is, can Winnipeg sustain what we just saw against the Flames? I think that's a really good question because how the Jets played on the one hand should be pretty sustainable. Why, right? Why is high-intensity hockey sustainable? I think the big reason is if you have four really good lines, guess what? You can keep cycling and rolling them, and you don't have to lean on your top six playing 35 minutes a night in order to get results. When you have scoring depth and skill all up and down the lineup, the main thing that it allows you to do is be more flexible. You can give guys more shifts off and use those matchup lines that are maybe not going to win every single matchup, but do well enough to spell your top six or your top nine, give them some extra shifts off, and allow them to pour more energy into the minutes that they are playing. That is something that really helps. It also wears down your opponents and allows you to have matchup advantages. And that's where I think the Jets can legitimately, this year, if they stay mostly healthy, win a lot of their games where I think they might have some issues sustaining this is if the blue line starts to really drag. Um, 
the defense, I think, yesterday kind of got away with some stuff, in part because the forwards created so much pressure that it honestly didn't allow Calgary to set up much offensive zone possession. But against stronger opponents, I think Winnipeg is going to be, you know, is going to have to be on their toes, right? You play at Vegas, they're really fast and aggressive. They take advantage of mistakes. And when Winnipeg made mistakes yesterday, they mostly ended up in the back of the net. So the Jets really have to be careful. I don't want them to become conservative and, and hold back too much, but I do want them to at least be cognizant of what happens when you make a really silly decision. And also, please don't ice it again. That you really can't do. Um, I also will say that I, I did see some folks complaining about the lack of a time timeout and stuff, but unfortunately the Jets couldn't call that. And also they could not do that whole review because it wasn't uh, in the offensive zone. So, you know, the more you know about the rules, the happier your life will be and the less you'll end up complaining about because you've already got plenty of stuff to complain about with hockey as it is. But at least for the Jets this year, I, I feel like I'm starting to see what their vision is for staying competitive. And if this is how the Jets want to do it, and if they can sustain it, I'm on board. I think this team has a lot of promise. And with a couple of tweaks to the blue line, you could genuinely be cooking this year. And I mean like a full-on barbecue with a huge spread, a really tasty marinade, whatever it is you want to call it, that, that extra sweet sauce the Jets might have it this year. Uh, I know that you know yesterday's game didn't end with a scoreline that I hoped, uh, or at least I think we were all hoping for, but I, I think it'll come. You know, This is one of those teams that once they get rolling, they are really, really hard to stop. And this Jets team, if they are, are for real, if this forward depth that we have now is like the legit, legit stuff that it seems like it is, I would start getting excited. I think we saw some really good stuff from Ayafalo, Velarde, and Kupari. I think Kupari is going to turn a lot of heads. And uh, I think the Jets really got some found money here, swapping a player who didn't want to stay here for some guys who, you know, jury's still out on whether they'll stay long-term. But I, I'll say this, Winnipeg upgraded on three different positions. And I think that is the most positive endorsement that I could have on that whole trade. So the Jets did really well. <laughs> if you want to know how Dubois did yesterday against uh, or or against the Avs, he apparently tried to knee somebody, and I don't think he had any points. So, you know what? I think the Jets are going to be pretty happy with their trade pile. You know, it's it's time to let bygones be bygones and enjoy the new guys on their own merits. And I'll tell you what, Ayafalo looks great, Kupari looks great, and Velarde is super super skilled, and he seems like he'll be a great fit with Shifley and Connor. I, I do hope that Connor maybe stops turning the puck over and, and makes some more careful and considerate decisions with uh, possession. There were some moments yesterday where I felt he maybe uh, made some, some bad errors, but he did have a really fun goal. So we'll, we'll, we'll choose to remember that for the meantime. But yeah, broad takeaways. Main thing, main point is start looking forward to the season. If you weren't already, I think you should start buying into this team. There, there's something here with the squad, and I don't know if it's going to end in a deep playoff run, but I can tell you one thing. I think the Jets are going to make the postseason. I called it at the start of this uh, like preseason, you know, based on the new acquisitions and stuff. I felt this team would be pretty decent. I wasn't entirely sure of where the goal scoring was going to come from, but the more I see of how the Jets are playing all up and down the lineup, the more I feel less uh, concerned about it. I think this team should be good as long as they don't get goalied every night. Winnipeg has some real 
opportunities to do some damage this year. And if the Central isn't nearly as good as it was in previous years, that can only be a good thing for the Jets as they look to get a higher seed in the West. So keep your eyes peeled. Let me know how you feel about this game. What did you take away? What were your main thoughts? Drop them in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Tomorrow, we'll preview Winnipeg's upcoming rematch with the uh, Florida Panthers, welcoming back Paul Maurice once again. Obviously, a big game for the Jets. Uh, hopefully, you know, a sellout crowd and one that should be rowdy, especially with how the Jets played in the first game. So let me know if you're excited about that. Drop it again in the comments below or at my social medias. And of course, you know, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. But for tonight's show, that's all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for even more Jets coverage. So don't turn the dial. Have a great night and go Jets go.